boom, the Aggies landed four-star tight end Eric Carner. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. The Aggies landed four-star tight end Eric Carner. Big guy, 6'5", 220. And I watched the tape. I'm going to break down a little bit what I think he's going to bring to the table for the Aggies going forward. Of course, he's a class of 2024 commit, but uh, from Elmhurst, Illinois. So, watching the tape. First thing that came to mind for me was he doesn't look like a tight end the way he plays the game. Big guy, 6'5", but he's quick, and he runs crisp routes. So, like, I, I you hate giving comps to, to NFL players, but, like, when you see the way he kind of plays the game, it's kind of, like, tight end-wise. It's, like, kind of Kyle Pitts-esque. Not saying he's Kyle Pitts. I'm just saying it's kind of like he's more of an athletic tight end, more than, more than a hand-on-the-ground blocking tight end. Like, you could put him in the slot if you needed to. He did a lot in high school, and he's a versatile tight end where there's a lot of different things he can do for his football team, whether it's this year, his senior year of high school, or the Aggies when he gets to College Station. But um, like I said, the route running was crisp, and that to me was what immediately stood out. You know, he um, he lined out, he lined up outside a little bit in high school, which you always love to see that because it's like I talk a lot about this when when um, you know a, with players that like a receiver who plays corner or a corner who plays receiver, stuff like that, offensive lineman that plays defensive line. I think being able to do multiple different things on a football field serves a good purpose for a football player. So the fact that Carner can line up as a wide receiver, an outside receiver, line up as a tight end, he can run block, he can do everything he's asked to do, it's just going to make him a better offensive weapon going forward. You know, if, if you're in the red zone and you want to throw a jump ball to him or something, like there's lots you can do with a player like him, and he's done it all in high school. Now, speaking to the athleticism that we already talked a little bit about, the real takeaway for me from Carner's game, too, was – this kid can move a little bit. He is no slowpoke. He's not um your general tight end who's, you know, not the fastest guy on the field. Um, and of course, Carner's not the fastest guy on the field, but he can move a little bit. He can haul a little bit. I was he had this one, the first play of his highlight tape. He kind of caught a pass. Um, and it was just him in like a corner. I'm pretty it was a corner because it was a, a smaller dude. And he just flat out like outrun him for 30, 35 yards, whatever it was to score the touchdown. And this is a little guy you would expect to have been pretty quick compared to a six foot five, 225, a 220 pound beast. So Carner, I mean, like I said, he, the speed is there. And I think the other thing that kind of stood out to me was the, he's, he's, he can catch the ball well in traffic. You know, there were a lot of catches where he kind of like, there were people, you know, bumping into him, hitting them. And he was, Strong hands catching the ball through the contact that stood out to me, and I thought was really impressive. Um, and you, you know, you like having a sure handed whether it's receiver, tight end, running back, you like having a sure handed player. And I think Carner is a sure handed player, so seeing that was um stood out to me based on you know the way he plays the game. The other thing he did well, and it kind of reminded me of prime Jason Witten and Tony Romo, but 
you know, Witten was always Romo's safety blanket. And you can always remember all these different, you know, tight ends who's the guy's safety blanket. You could make that argument for Mahomes with Kelsey or maybe Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson. But um, Carner, he does a good job of if his quarterback seems to be in trouble, he, he finds a hole to sit in and makes a play. And that stood out to me. You know, he 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 is a help helper to his quarterback. And I think that for a tight end is a big deal. You want a tight end, like I said, who makes the quarterback's life easy. It's not every play a tight end is running way down the field. A lot of time they're within striking distance to where if a defensive end is getting ready to hammer your quarterback, the quarterback can say, okay, I've got Carner uh, for a seven-yard game sitting in the hole right there. I'm going to dump it off to him. We're going to turn what would have been a five-yard loss into a seven-yard gain. Boom. And I think he he does a good job of that watching the tape. You know, he sits in holes if he sees his quarterback's in trouble, which leads me to believe that he can be a good safety blanket for Wegman or for uh, Reed or for whoever his quarterback ends up being when he is playing in College Station. So that was a positive to me. I think a tight end that, that has that instinct is – I think it's a good thing. Um, so talking about the tight end room as a whole, you know, some of the guys right now, you got Donovan Green, you got Jake Johnson, you got Max Wright, you got Jaden Platt, and you got Theo. My main man, Theo. I like Theo. But, um, you know, speaking to this room, the first thing that kind of stands out to me about this room is the fact that I really do feel like, and you hate to say this, but it's just the reality of this room. And the, I mean, the reality of college football, one of these guys I think is going to have to leave. You have so many blue chip tight ends on this roster. It's not even like funny. So, I just I don't see a world where all of these guys stick around for a long time. Now uh, we have some mailbag questions coming up, so I'm going to talk more about like the tight end position for this season here in a little bit. But um, you know, Donovan Green, Johnson, Wright, Platt, Theo, all of these guys are, are solid tight ends, highly rooted, uh, highly recruited guys, highly ranked guys. So you know, um, now Wright's a little bit older, but as for the rest of these guys, a lot of these guys are for, uh, second. You know, second, third, young, or one of them's, you know, you got a, you got a freshman, you got some sophomores, you got some juniors. This is a young room. So um, obviously, you have to land a tight end in the 2024 class. I'm not saying they shouldn't have gone, they shouldn't have gone and got corner. They should have. It was, it's a great addition. I think he's going to be a great player. But I'm just saying, you're not going to come into College Station and play the second you walk onto campus. Um, and I think corner, I mean, you know, these players know that when they look at the depth chart, but he's a solid player. And I think he brings depth, more depth to a room that, you know, tight ends. Sometimes you have multiple out there, whether it's run block. And there's lots of tight ends do. So, um, Carner's going to come in, and he's going to play a role for Texas A&M at some point during his career. Um, and, he, of course, he's 390th in the composite rankings on 24-7 sports, 21st tight end in the class. So, four-star guy, like I said, he this is no joke. This is a good football player Texas A&M added to their 2024 recruiting class that makes this team – a whole heck of a lot better going forward. So, Carner, like I said, now of course he chose the Aggies over Bama and Florida. So winning the game, winning a, a recruiting battle like that over uh, the Gators and your SEC West foe, the Alabama Crimson Tide, always has to feel good. Landing, uh, landing the four-star, five-star recruit should always feel good anyway. But when you beat some SEC guys, if you beat Texas or Oklahoma, if you beat some schools like that, it always just feels a little bit sweeter. Um, and I think it's a little bit, you know, it's nice to have some players coming from Illinois. I mean, you know, I mean, Illinois, I wouldn't say it's by any means a hotbed for um, football talent. And I, mean, I, I lived up there. I started my college baseball career at playing at the school, actually in Elmhurst, Illinois, where Carner's from, which is kind of funny. But, um, 
So, you know, the football up there, it's fine. I mean, there's obviously some talented recruits coming out of Illinois, but, you know, to go there and get one of the top players, I think I saw Carnivore's like the 11th best player in Illinois. So you go get one of the top players out of a state, it's always a, it's always a good thing. So Carner's a good football player. I think he's going to bring depth to this, and hopefully he gets the ball rolling on some, some more commits for the 2024 class. We talked to Locked On recruiting expert Brian Smith recently about – um, the recruiting class for the Aggies, and he says these next few weeks, days, you know, this next two, three weeks is going to be crucial if the Aggies want to have a good 2024 recruiting class. You have to keep getting people on campus for visits, and you have to keep landing recruits. And I think the Aggies are going to do that, and I think landing a guy like Carner is a good start. So, like I said, athletic tight end, big guy, runs crisp routes, fast for a tight end. I think he's a good player who could catch a lot of passes during his career playing for the Aggies. Let's answer a few mailbag questions. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable shorts I have ever worn in my entire life. I love them. They feel great. They look great. They make you feel good. They're versatile. You can wear them to do anything you want to do, any activity that you can imagine you can wear your Bird Dogs to do. They're, they just, they're, they're so, the, like, I think the comfort is the thing that needs to be pushed the hardest. These pants are so comfortable. They feel great. They've got that liner on the inside. I love that. It's one of those things where you kind of have to get used to it, but once you get used to it, it's like you don't want to wear any other shorts. So bird dogs, I love them. You have got to go give them a try. I promise, promise, promise you will not regret it. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college, and they'll throw in a free bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with your order. I promise you are not going to want to take your bird dogs off. So we talked about corner love landing recruits. It's fun. It makes recruiting is this part of the year where you're kind of, it's still kind of the, the dead off season. It's fun to land recruits. So we got some fun stuff to talk about here on locked on Aggies and talk about with just talking, chopping up with your buddies about Texas A&M football. But now we're going to get into some mailbag questions. Um, these questions came from all over. Some came from YouTube comments. Some came from direct messages to me, direct messages to the show. So we're just going to run through some of these. The first question I got was a YouTube comment a few days ago, and it was which unit is better, the offense or the defense? This is a question I really feel like I don't even have to sit and think that long about it. I think I can say the defense without even thinking about it. This defense is going to be – so, so good. Last year, the defense was solid. The only problem was stopping the run. You know, opposing offenses were running through the Aggies' defense like it was just Swiss cheese. I feel like I've used that reference too much this this um, this um week, so I pretend I didn't say that again. I'll save that for – that's my dad joke, even though I'm not a dad. But we'll save that for down the road. Um, You know, opposing offenses ran through the Texas A&M defensive line and, and uh, linebackers on the ground like it was nothing. And that's one thing that's going to have to get better. But I think part of that problem was a lot of your guys up front were younger. Not all, but most of your guys up front and on the defensive line were young. Those guys are, you know, sophomores, juniors, older players now. And I think a couple extra years in college football, a couple extra years in the weight room, I think it just makes people better. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, a season ends, it doesn't go well. Last season was terrible. You see what went wrong and you fix what went wrong. We'd be crazy to sit here and think that the coaching staff hasn't said, okay, how are we going to stop the run this season? 
Coach Durkin, Coach Fisher. We know that this is what they've been doing. They're going to fix the run. It's to me, it's like it's a scheme thing, but the talent is there. And I know I feel like I talk about the talent of this team almost too much, but in in all reality, the talent to stop the run is there. The Aggies just have to stop the run, and I, I don't foresee it being an issue this year. I feel great about the defensive the the defensive backfield corners, safeties in general. I think all of those guys are stout. I think we have one of the better cornerback rooms. And I always say this, but like I, I don't think it's a fact. You know, I think we do. On three says the Aggies have a top ten um, cornerback room. It's just the defensive backfield is going to be solid. The defensive line is going to be out of this world. And then the linebackers, your top couple of guys are pretty dang good linebackers. I think there you got a little bit of a depth issue, but um, so if everybody stays healthy there, I'm not concerned about it. So I just, and, and I'm not knocking the offense. I've talked about how high I am on the offense with uh, second year, Connor Wegman, Evan Stewart, Ruben Owens, and coach Trino coming in and doing his thing. So I think the offense could be, I'm mean, well, I, I don't think, I know the offense is going to take a big step forward this season, but I also think the defense is just, the Aggies have a top 10 defense in um, college football. And I think there's a chance when this is all said and done, it could be top five. So, you know, I don't think they're going to have a top five, top 10 offense. So that's why I'm going to give it to the Texas A&M defense when I'm picking between these here. Um, But it's a good question. And like I said, I'd go with the defense. If you all disagree there, let me know. But yeah, I'm going defense. I think it's going to be dominant. One of the best in college football. Next question was a Twitter direct message, and it was, who is going to be the most impactful transfer, of course, in, transfer in? Uh, Once again, this is one I got it. I didn't have to think hard about it. It's Tony Grimes. Um, I think there's two guys you could have argued here, and I'll I'll make that argument in a little bit, but it's it's Tony Grimes. I mean, he's just former five-star player. I know what he did at North Carolina wasn't, you know, I don't think he lived up to the five-star cornerback hype. At North Carolina, but he still had, I mean, the traits were there. Dez said that um, in the comments we were talking about uh, Tony Grimes, and he said, you know, the traits are there, and he makes a great, great point. It's all there for Tony Grimes. He's just got to put a few more things together, and I think he can do that um, this season and then potentially get drafted, whether it's day two, day three. Grimes is going to play in the NFL uh, or get drafted at least. It's just going to be where he gets drafted, and I think this season – he has a chance to boost that draft capital. But, um, no, I think, you know, and the reason being is I think Grimes has a chance to be really the one of the only transfers to start this season. Because uh, you, you, of course, return a lot of starters, a lot of young starters. A lot of the core of this team is back. So, you know, the transfer portal isn't going to do much for a team like that. So Grimes is, a is if I like I said, if I had to pick a guy that's good, well, not pick a guy because Grimes is going to be a starter. But I think he's going to be good for the Aggies this season and and be a reason it's so tough to throw the ball through the air against Texas A&M this season. The other two guys I would have said were maybe Sam McCall, of course, another cornerback, Florida, former Florida State Seminole. We talked about him on yesterday's episode, and Jordan Anthony. We're going to highlight more Jordan Anthony because I, um, I think he is going to get on the field. Sam McCall is too. Sam McCall is going to have a role. Um, and then you could, you could have said uh, DeBerry here as well too. Um, but I just, you know, I, I'm high on on Grimes, and I just feel like I'm a little bit more high on McCall, Grimes, and Tariq Chappelle than I am DeBerry. If people disagree with me on that, let me know. Um, and I like he's a great player. I just that's who I'm high on. So, um, but we're gonna talk a little about a little bit about Jordan Anthony. I think Jordan Anthony, his speed has to be utilized. You don't have to be a good wide receiver to be one of the fastest people on the planet and that's what jordan anthony is his track speed his his foot speed is is truly like olympic level 
world record breaking speed. You don't have to be a good wide receiver. You have to. So, I mean, you can do the little, you, you start, you know, and you have a couple guys in front of you and you do the little quick pick and run. It's just, you know, he's a small guy. I get it. And you can make that argument. You know, he's a small guy. I agree. He is small. He is small. But at the end of the day, I don't think it matters how big or small you are if you can run around everybody on the field. And I know it's not like, you know, the, the defensive backs aren't don't have elite speed as well. They do. Um, it's not like in my head it's like, a, you know, Tom and Jerry and, and Jordan Anthony's just going to run around until he's in the end zone. I, that's not what I think. But I just feel very confident saying Jordan Anthony is going to – they're going to draw up some plays for him. You just – because, like, it's not like he has to develop into a stud wide receiver for them to want to throw him out there. All he has to do is – all he has to do is be fast, and I think they're going to draw up some plays to use that speed. But still – Beside the point, even though I do think Jordan Anthony will have a role on this Texas A&M football team, my answer to this question is a resounding Tony Grimes. I think he's in for a good season, and I think he this might be the year he truly shows why he had that five-star ranking out of high school. Let's answer a few more mailbag questions. we got a couple more mailbag questions to roll through here. And the next one is kind of a little bit what we just talked about with uh, landing Carner, even though he's not on the team this year, obviously. But the question is, who leads the tight ends in receiving yards this season? This is another one where I think this is our best question yet to where, like, you could have multiple answers. I'm high on Donovan Green. I think he is the best pass catcher of the group. Um, I like Jaden Platt a lot, too. I don't know how much. I don't think he's going to be on the field much this year, but I think he's going to be a force going forward. But uh, Max Wright, Jake Johnson, Donovan Green, Theo, and Platt, I just I think it's Donovan Green. I think if you, at the end of the season, if you, you know, we look to the future and you counted up all the snaps, I think Max Wright is potentially going to get more snaps than Donovan Green, but I think it's because Max Wright is such an elite blocker. Donovan Green, we talked about PFF grades a few weeks back. He is not the best blocker in the world. So, I, you know, I don't know if Donovan, you know, if if we're trying to get one yard, Max Wright's going to be out there on, on, the, on the ground. And, I mean, Green might be as well, but you might throw in Jake Johnson or Theo or some of these other guys. So, you know, I think I'm just I'm, – I'm going to say Donovan Green. I think he's a good pass catcher. I like his frame. I think he's pretty quick. I, I just – I mean, I, I was impressed with what he did last season, and I think – it's, he's going to take a step forward into this season like a lot of this other young talent. So my answer there is, yeah, my answer there is Donovan Green. If you This is a good one. Who is going to lead the Aggies tight ends in receiving this season? Let me know what you all think in the comments. I'm saying Donovan Green, but frankly, there's like 14 names you could say that I wouldn't disagree with you on. This tight end room is deep and full of a lot of blue-chip talent, like we said when we were talking about recent Aggie tight end commit Eric Carner. So that's my answer there. This next one, this is a fun question. So I'm going to have to kind of break it down. But the question is, which winnable winnable game am I most worried about? So the way I took this question is winnable, not implying that Alabama, Tennessee, and LSU games aren't winnable. That's not what I'm implying. But of, the, of those games, I'm going to throw those out for this question because, like, obviously those one of those three would be the answer. So we're going to keep it at Miami. Auburn, Arkansas, South Carolina, Ole Miss. We'll keep it at those five. And the two, and the the, the one I'm going to take is Miami. And I, and the you know it was kind of funny at first when I when I talked about this, it was Arkansas and 
uh, and Ole Miss. Those were the two I were kind of deciding between. The reason I chose Miami was not really – I think there's a good chance that Arkansas and South Carolina and Ole Miss are better teams than Miami. What is scary to me is the fact that that's early on in the season. That game's on September 9th. It's your second game of the season. You get one tune-up game against New Mexico before you have to travel to Miami to play the Hurricanes. I just – it doesn't – it's not a great – I don't feel great about it is what I'm saying. I'm not implying at all. I, I still think the Aggies win this game. Um but I think it's a better game than – I think it's going to be a better game than I even think. I think it's going to be close. And my concern is, like, what if Wegman still has a few things to work out before we get to that game? You know, what if Wegman hasn't put everything together? Those are kind of my concerns leading into that game. I think that it's it's so early on into the season. If that game was like – if you flipped the Abilene-Christian game, which is, of course, the week, week right before the LSU game on November 18th. If you flipped the Abilene-Christian game on November, November 18th, and the Miami game on September 9th, I would feel better about it. Now, you could argue then that you're going to have injuries and you're going to have um, people in retired, but I would feel better because the team's going to have their identity. They're going to know who they are. They're going to know how to play the game. They're going to know how to win. Coach Petrino is going to be settled in. I just I think that second week of the season is a little scary to me. Now, I also do like you do get a tune-up game. I, sometimes I know teams open up their season. Like, you know, you'll see the season open up with – you know, you know what I mean. Some teams open up their season with the good with with teams where it's two good teams going at one another. Um, so I think it's good that the Aggies do get New Mexico as a tune-up game in front of your home field, in front of your home fans. Hopefully, there's some a great atmosphere. Well, we know that it's going to be a great atmosphere. The team's going to be the fans are going to be behind their team. So hopefully, that kind of gets you ready to rock and roll before you head to Miami take on the Hurricanes in a game that I think the Aggies win. But like I said, I am a little bit worried about it. So that would be the other two. Like I said, if, if if you took out the Miami game, I'd probably say Arkansas or Ole Miss. Those would be the next two. So uh, last question we're going to talk about here is um, they, I was asked, this was another DM on the show's Twitter. I got one DM to my Twitter, one DM to the show's Twitter, and then the rest of these were, um, what's it called? YouTube comments. So um, basically I was asked to guess where the recruiting class ends up. I'm pretty sure at the time of the recruiting, I checked after Connor committed. Um, unless the only thing that could have happened is like if when I checked, it hadn't moved up yet from him committing, but it was at thir- the Aggies for 38th. Um, and, I, you know, hopefully there's some commits on the way, but no, I mean, I, that's not where I think the Aggies are going to finish up. I think this is going to be a top 10 class just because the recruiting, I'm telling you, it's shooting up. I guess it's right. That looks right on the screen for you there. It's shooting up. It's It's on the way up. And I think that is um, the reason that I'm high on this class. I just, I think commits are coming. I think they're coming. They're coming soon. And, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of, a lot of positive stuff around the recruiting trail for Texas A&M this season. And I just feel like they're coming soon. So I think this class, I'm going to say top 10. Um, Now I will say this, and we've talked to this before. If the Aggies don't do well this season, if they have another bads you know six and six or you know five you go if you go five and seven again this class you could lose guys just like that because Aggies the Aggies recruit with the best teams in the country everyone knows that you had the best recruiting class in the whole country in 2022 so the guys that you're landing are guys that could pretty much pick where they want to go and they're choosing you so if Texas A&M and Coach Fisher continue to not 
you know, put it out on the field, I could see some of these players saying, heck, I'll go to Bama. Heck, I'll go to Georgia. I'll go to Clemson or I'll go to Texas. Like I stuff like that could happen if Texas A&M doesn't win games. So my assumption of the top 10 class is based on the Aggies having a, you know, eight plus win season, which I do foresee happening. But no, I, I think it's a top 10 class which is, of course, better than last year. And then hopefully, you know, in the 2024 season, as we talked about, when the schedule is easier, the Aggies can have an even better season um, in 2024 and have an even better recruiting class. I mean, that's what I meant to say. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. As always, I really appreciate you all tuning in. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Go do some fun stuff. I think I might go fish hit the golf course a little bit. So everybody have a good weekend. Have a a great time. But like I said, that is going to do it. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you on Monday.